Hello and welcome to That Will Preach. My name is Jeremy Mills. I am so glad that you have joined me here on That Will Preach. And to all of you who have been listening for the past year, I am so glad that you're still on this journey. I do want to say to you, it has been a break. I understand. I have not released an episode in a couple of months. And the life got very busy for me. And then the holidays. And then I kind of got out of the routine So my New Year's resolution, one of them, is to release an episode each and every week for you. I do have an upcoming episode with Brother Lane Kuhn. Uh, You do want to stay tuned to that one. It's going to be a great, great episode where Brother Kuhn uh, and I have a conversation about taking things out of context. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You definitely want to hear that one. And then I've got another podcast uh, with another guest uh, coming up here in the next month or so. And an evangelist that's going to be with us. And so you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great, 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 a great time. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review and leave a comment. This would help us out so very much. Thank you for doing that today. Also, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Jeremy Mills. You can find a link there that will allow you to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. Prayerfully consider this. It would be most helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much and God bless. Let me speak to the pastor's and possibly even evangelists that are on the verge of burnout. It's not something that we want to talk about a lot. It's not something that we consider. And maybe to some of you pastors, man, you're having revival. It is going great for you. And to that I say, I rejoice. The Bible says to rejoice with them that rejoice. It also says to weep with them that weep. Maybe you are feeling that the inadequacy of ministry today. Um, Maybe, possibly, there are some of you who have not recovered from the pandemic. And you might say, well, Brother Mills, that's been two years, over two years now. True. Uh, But the the long-term effects of going through something like that, um, not everybody bounces back. And so there still might be a residual amount of you who are still struggling, whose churches have not bounced back completely, fully. Maybe maybe during the process of the pandemic and missing church, you had great leaders um, that backslid. And I'm telling you, and I'll just go ahead and say it, yes, uh, there were marriages put under great strain, ministries put under strain during the pandemic. And it has been a fight to get back. So to those of you who are sitting around and you're just scratching your head saying to myself, what am I doing wrong? I don't have the team that everybody else has. I don't have the money. I don't have the, and, um, the resources, uh, you know, and you're wondering where do I go from here? How do I get myself out of this routine? of just feeling like I'm overwhelmed 
And I just almost to the point where I want to throw up my hands and say, enough is enough. I'll just go back to being a good saint and a great helper somewhere. Now, most of the pastors that are listening to this, if we be honest, have thought about that at one point in time in our lives, in our ministry, saying, man, I would make a great saint. (laughs) Oh, I would just, I would be on time. I would come to prayer. I would pay my tithes. I would give my offerings. I would not complain. I would be the pastor's greatest saint ever. And you know what? I believe that. I believe you would. If for some reason you just felt like, hey, it is not ministry right now behind the pulpit or the position of a pastor is not where it's at for me. It might be the will of God for you to step away. And so maybe this discontentment that you feel is God pushing you out of the nest uh, into another ministry. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord and the um, accountability that you have set up in your life to make that decision. But there are some of you, I'm sure, that are just saying, hey, I'm over here just struggling, man. I'm sucking air and eating dust every day, uh, not being able to make it through. I feel like I'm on a routine. I'm preaching the same thing. I'm saying, telling the same stories, preaching the same scriptures. I'm rehashing uh, every old sermon that I've got with new texts and new, new titles, and I am just burned out. Done. I have now admitted to the point I want to throw up my hands and say, enough is enough. I've got to spend more time with my family and focus on my own mental health and my own spiritual uh, relationship with God. But then you consider that personally, inwardly, privately, but you also have made the decision, no, that's not the thing that I need to do, but that's how I feel. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... Real quickly, give me one second. If you're enjoying the content that you're hearing here on That Will Preach, I'm asking you if you'll do me a favor. When this podcast is over, if you will forward the link to this episode or the podcast to a pastor, a youth pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a minister, a minister's wife, anyone that you think might be an encouragement. Also, if you could share this on social media, this would help us get the word out so more people can enjoy this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Now let's return back to the episode. So what do you do? What do you do? How do you pull yourself out of that kind of a mindset and mentality and feeling an emotional roller coaster that you're just going through the motions? And and I'm going to connect with someone here today because sometimes, and maybe you've never heard it said this way, but I'm going to say it. Sometimes the church you pastor, when you go there, you're just another person that these people go to church with. Let me tell you, let me tell you something, folks. If that's how you feel, it's because the enemy has attacked your sense of leadership and your calling is under attack for sure. There needs to be a renewing of your mind, of your spirit, and of your focus, and of your calling. And it takes time, time away. Now, I understand that in order for you to get away, it's going to cost you an evangelist or a ministry to come in and to preach. 
Maybe you have someone that can fill in. Maybe you don't. Maybe you can't afford a conference to go to. Maybe you can't. But somewhere, somehow, you've got to stop and refocus your mind. I've talked about this in a later episode, but today I feel it more compelling to those of you who are starting out this new year with no hope and you're just struggling. Let me speak to you today. God's hand is upon you. God's calling is in your life. You have a plan. You have a purpose. And what you feel is normal, I believe, and we all want to say that it's not, but it is. God still loves you. You still love God. The people of God love you. You love the people of God. Not only that, you love your city and you love the ministry that in which God's called you to do. So how do we remedy this kind of issue? And it is a serious issue. Nothing to be taken lightly for sure. Well, let me give you my perspective on this on a passage of scripture that I have considered over the past couple of years when I have faced this very same thing. I think about the scripture in John chapter 11, verse 17 through 26, tells about the story of Lazarus. Now, here's Jesus. Lazarus is sick. He dies. He's holding back a few days. He doesn't come. Mary and Martha and all the drama that we got going on there. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 32, after Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Okay. But in verse 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was, saw him, fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. And when then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. Right. And Jesus said in verse 20, 39, Take away the stones of Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, he stinketh by now, been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that thou wouldest believe thou shalt see the glory of God. Take away the stones. Now, let me ask you, well, let me make this statement. Well, no, no, let me ask the question. Why an omnipresent an omnipotent God who knows everything, who is in all places at all times, has all knowledge, would ask a question, where have you laid him? Why? If Jesus saw uh, Nathaniel under a tree, when they came and told them about Jesus, right? He said, I saw you under the tree. And Jesus was on the other side of, of Judea somewhere, and he saw Nathaniel. okay? Why couldn't he, if he has this ability and knowledge, to see where they laid Lazarus? Why did he, ask, why did he have to ask the question, where have you laid him? I propose to you this statement. Question again, could it be that Jesus wasn't concerned about the death of Lazarus because he already knew he prolonged his visit 
Therefore the sister said to him, Lord, Lord, if thou if whom thou lovest is sick, and Jesus said the sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God, the Son of God might be glorified. And when he heard that he was sick, he abode two days in the same place where he was. Then why? Why the question, where have you laid him? Could it be that Jesus wasn't concerned about the death of Lazarus as much as it was the death of their faith in him? At what point did Mary and Martha lose faith in Jesus? Both of them are recorded saying, if only you were here, he would not have died. We can only assume that the death of Lazarus was not only the death of Lazarus, but it was, it was the fainting and fainting away of their faith in Jesus. Jesus was going to take them back to the moment, to the place, to the incident where they lost their faith. Let me tell you something. If you feel like you have been burned out and the thing that you was hoping to be resurrected, the revival, the ministry, okay, the growth, the building, the, the team, the event, and it did not resurrect the way that you thought that it should have and would have, that you felt so strongly like Mary and Martha, and you knew that the omnipresent God who knows everything, all right, sees where you are, I'm telling you. There are times that we have to go back to where we lost faith in Christ. You say, but Brother Mills, I believe. Oh, I believe you tell yourself that. And I believe that that probably is the truth. But somewhere along the line, we lose our confidence in the call of God in our lives. We lose faith. You see, I, I, I can't, I, I just cannot go back to the incident, back to the moment, back to, I, I lost my faith in the call of God and needed a resurrection when this family left, when this amount of finance walked out the door, when this ministry that I was pouring myself into totally busted apart, when this marriage that I had been counseling for years and and poured myself into them, it didn't work and they finally left and split. You mean to tell me I've got to go back? Let me tell you something. There are times, yes, that we have to go back and deal with the issues where we lost faith in God, where we lost our hope and our calling seemed to be struggling And I know that at times it's hurtful and it's painful to have to deal with that because a lot of times we put so much into it that when it all falls apart, we throw up our hands and say, I'll never try again. I'm done. That's it. I'm out of here. Now, this podcast episode may not be for everybody, but someone in 2023 needs to hear that yes, you need to attend to some hopelessness that you've pushed out into the corner and said, I'll never do it again. See, they needed a resurrection, but they needed it on their terms. 
And when it didn't happen on Mary and Martha's terms, they lost faith in the Lord. If you would have been right here where we are in our situation, in our time frame, in our way, why this would not have happened. And you may say, Brother Mills, I have never questioned God. Hmm. Eh, it sounds great on paper. You say, but I, I, I've never shook my fist at God and blamed him. No, no, I agree. You probably hadn't. But the question, I believe at some point in time, it's human for us to all scratch our heads and say, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. God could have, but he didn't. He should have, but I feel like he didn't. He, I, 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 I where's the answers? And so when we have to go back in our mind and revisit those things and say, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to take this back to God in prayer. I'm going to deal with this issue and I'm going to say, God, I don't blame you for the church splitting. I'm not, I'm not going to blame you for that ministry not working. I'm not going to blame you for all that was done in that ministry and in that marriage. And yes, it might be hurtful and yes, it might be tough, but I promise you this much. Sometimes we want to put as much distance and time between that event and that moment and that situation. I know, I know that I abandoned my faith there. I know I lost hope here. I haven't forgotten and I haven't forgiven. And therefore I have forsaken my fractured faith and discarded my dreams that that will ever happen. Let me tell you something. There are times we lose faith. We lose faith when we go through a divorce or our children go through a divorce or our grandchildren are divorced and family members and church members and man, everything is just busted wide open. The loss of a child or a miscarriage can be devastating to a marriage and to a family. Sickness or injury outside of your control causes us to lose faith. But we've got to go back. The loss of financial stability in your family or in your church, these things cause our faith to waver. And at times we question the will of God. When a spiritual mentor falls a pastor morally, ethically abandons all that they have said and done and they walk away from truth and their family or their church and we wonder how in the world did this ever happen? Maybe we struggle with addictions or maybe the strain is in our own marriage. Maybe we battle depression or PTSD ourselves. The busyness of life Sometimes we stray too far away from our relationship with God. A a million other reasons why. Jesus had to take Mary and Martha back to the place where they lost faith in him. Jesus reminded them, Martha, he said, saith unto him, I know that he, he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. There needed to be a resurrection of their faith in God's ability to resurrect. And some of you need to have a resurrection of your faith in God's ability to resurrect. Resurrect a church, a revival, an outpouring, a ministry, or a marriage but we've got to go back, back to that place where we lost it 
in the first place. Lazarus was the first resurrection. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Loose him and let him go. Then it was their faith in him. Many of the Jews came, had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him, had a resurrection here and a resurrection now and a resurrection today. Yes, Jesus' blood can cover the situation, but we must face and destroy the influence it has in our lives. You understand? The blood of Christ, the word of God, and the spirit of God, and the set ministry in the church can deal any issue. But I promise you, the influence that it has in our lives is up to us. And sometimes it's a lingering residue of hopelessness and despair. It has attached itself to you to almost to the point that it's your constant mindset. But today is the day. This is the year that you go back and you deal with it and you move on. You say, I did everything that I could do. I'm not going to lay this charge against God. Right? Right? I'm not. And I'm going to take my responsibility and say, I did everything that I could do. Maybe you didn't do everything you could do, but it's gone. It's over. But we have to deal with some things before we move on. I know it's more easier said than done. And I know that me standing, sitting behind this microphone today, you say, but Pastor Mills, you don't know. Yes, I do. Have you dealt with this? I wouldn't be able to tell you this if I hadn't. I'm telling you right now, sometimes we got to go back to where we lost it. The Bible says that Jesus was lost and his mother had to go back to where she found him. Where did she find him? In the house of God teaching. She had to go back to where she lost Jesus. She had to go back to where she lost it. I'm also reminded of the story about the guy who was building over top the water and the axe head went over into the water. And he's, oh man, well, you know, it's not like you go down to Home Depot or Walmart or to the local store and buy another one. Uh, Yeah, it was a little bit more difficult back in those days than it is now. He goes with the prophet and said, look, man, I lost this app, this this axe head and I threw it and, it and and it came off the handle and it went into the water. It was borrowed. It wasn't mine. And you know what, the, you know what the, the prophet said to him? Take me where you lost it. Take me back to where you lost it. Where, where did you lose it? See, he had to go back to where he lost it in order to find it again and deal with it. And for it to be what? Resurrected. For it to be brought to the surface. Ouch. Okay. And sometimes God is going to bring things back to the surface, the unfinished, fractured faith, the discouragement and the discarding of our hopes. We deal with them because 2022 may have been hurtful, but 20 and 23 is going to be helpful. And God's hand is upon you. God's purpose is in your life. Where did you lay him? Where have you laid him? Mary, Martha, take me to the place you lost faith in me. Take me to the moment. Take me to the event. 
take me to the situation where you lost your hope and faith in your calling, man of God, woman of God. Take me to the year, to the month, to the day, to the moment where you felt like it was at this point. It was in this time frame. It was, it was this, it was this year, it was this month where my vision for what God wanted to do begins to fade. And if you'll go back in your mind and say, you know what? I am going to stop avoiding and I'm going to deal with some things and get the victory. I'm going to stop allowing those things to have an influence in my life. I'm going to give stop giving more voice to the problem and more voice to the answer. Stop letting things dictate to you and push you into a corner and hold you helplessly hostage of fear and doubt and a lack of confidence. My cousin used to say, I refuse to walk around like an excuse and act like an apology. You know what he was saying? Victory. Victory. And we used to sing an old song that says, Victory, victory, victory. Victory is mine. So today, go back. Go back to where you lost that, that iron ha- hammer and let it float to the surface and deal with it. Go back to where you Jesus. Go back to the house of God and, and find a new relationship with him because he never left. That's where he's at. Go back to the tomb where everything or your hopes and your dreams and your college and your marriage and your ministry where it seemingly like everything died and let there be a resurrection. But Jesus already knew he was going to die. He didn't have to ask them, where have you laid him? What he was wanting to know, where did your faith in me die? And he went there and there were two resurrections, the resurrection of Lazarus and the resurrection of their faith in Christ. Come on, man of God. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your year. I don't know about you. Man, that'll preach.